Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast for flashbacks to the 1940s that might be problematic and a little stupid, but the costumes and the hair are A+. My name is Claire, I'm joined as always by my co-host Beth, and we are here to talk about Season 4, Episode 8, We'll Always Have Bourbon Street. We love a flashback episode, my friend. (laughs) Yes, as flashback episodes go, this one was not one of my faves, but it did have, you know, some of the classic perks of a flashback like funny hair yes i know i'm trying to remember all of the different time frames that we flashed back to i don't think that this was my favorite but it was a new time period mm-hmm. i feel like the 1100 like <laughs> like medieval times ones were pretty hilarious but oh yeah but this one i i liked the flashback parts i'll say that much all right well, before we get to those parts, we have to catch up with postcoital Elena and Damon. Uh, yes. So Elena got up, hopefully to pee, ward off any UTI situations <laughs> as soon as possible. But she comes back to bed and she's looking all sexy in her underwear and like button up shirt. And her and Damon are gonna go at it again and he's like don't you have to go to school? And she's like, yeah, I had to be there like um, about 20 minutes ago, lol. No, she's I like how they so just, much trouble. Yeah, I love how they just have to like remind us that these are supposed to be like high school students, even though they have no semblance of like normal student lives at all. No. And she's gonna be at least twenty five minutes late because she and Damon start round two, which yes. involves her scratching her hands down his back and drawing immediate blood, which seems like. I know some people are into that and like no shame or anything, but Damon doesn't react in any way of like flinching or being in pain. And I'm just confused. I'm like, I know this is supposed to be sexy, but I'm just like, ooh. Yeah. Also, like, do your nails get sharper when you become a vampire or something? Because even if I tried to pull that move, it would take a lot more than that to like actually draw like thick lines of blood. Maybe it's her vampire strength or something. I don't know. I I figure she just has super strength, maybe a nice manicure, and just pushes in really hard. Yeah. But this sex scene is intercut with another scene of Stefan and, or no, yeah, Stefan and Caroline having a conversation about how Elena is sired to Damon. It's so weird because this happened, was it the last episode as well? It was like both sex scenes were intercut with this conversation (laughs) The same conversation between Stefan and Caroline. But at the end of last episode, it was... They were having the conversation at night and the sex at night. And now it's morning in both places. So it's like Stefan and Caroline went to sleep and then woke up and continued their conversation. (laughs) Or have they been up all night talking about it and not really getting very far? Good point. I don't... I don't know. Yeah, they've just been repeating the same thing back to each other for like seven hours. But Caroline is furious. She's like, this is the worst thing. And Stefan's like, maybe it's not as bad as with hybrids. I don't know. It's very rare. Yeah. But they're like, we know somebody with firsthand experience with a sire bond and his name is Tyler. So let's maybe get some deets from him and then proceed accordingly. Right. So Tyler is busy. Um, He's over at what I keep calling the farm, but I don't know. What do we call? What do we call this place? The barn? 
uh, the Cattle Ranch. The Cattle Ranch? The sure. Vampire Diaries fan wiki calls it the Young Farm. The Young Farm. Okay, they call I it like the that. stable later, I think. <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the place attached to the place that blew up earlier. Right, right. Cool. So Tyler's over at the Young Farm, um, and we see that there's a hybrid there that's all chained up, and it's just, again, in the process of repeatedly turning. Um, and Haley and Tyler are there, like, coaching him on, like, you could do this, you have to keep turning, this is the only way that you could break the sire bond, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but our friend Kim, who we saw either last week or the week, the week before is also there and she's like you guys this is torture you can't make him do it anymore and like i liked kim last time we saw her but this time she just makes no sense yeah because she knows how it works she just went through it herself like that's the point it's torture until it's not but i do sympathize with her saying like maybe he needs a break now and we'll start again later like sure Right. That's fair. But she says, like, the whole thing. She's like, is it the whole point of turning free will? And it's like, yeah, it is. But I think you have to turn before you could get free will. And that's the whole point of this thing, right? It, like, makes no sense what she's saying. Everything that happens with the hybrids and werewolves this week makes me so angry. Yes. And this is, like, not even the tip of the iceberg. This is, like, the air around the ocean near the iceberg. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, we've got Kim up in there sassing Haley and Tyler. More to be seen on that front soon. Mm-hmm. But first, we have to check back over to the boarding house where I guess Elena is up and ready for school. She's wearing a scarf. Um, she looks kind of cute. Got her hair pulled back. Damon puts a scarf on her, and I'm like, wait, oh. does she have a neck wound or is it just cold outside? <laughs> We have no idea what season it is, so. Because I was just remembering all these scenes where, like, Andy Starr was there and Damon sent her off to work by, like, putting her scarf on for her. Oh, right, right. R.I.P. Andy Starr. Yeah, sorry. I haven't thought about you in a couple years. (laughs) Yeah, they start having a little bit of a conversation about what's going to happen next. And they're trying to figure out when are we going to tell Stefan. And... It's top of mind for Elena, but Damon is like, how about we just give ourselves like one fucking day to enjoy each other's company? He calls it a secret selfish day, but he's like, listen, this is our time. Like, let's just be happy and we'll worry about like telling Stefan like tomorrow. Yeah, which is valid, but mm-hmm. Elena's worried about it. I feel like she probably wouldn't be able to enjoy the secret selfish day as much because she's just so empathetic, as we all know. Right, such a great person. But she's sired to Damon, so he asks her, like, oh, please, can we have one day? And she's like, okay, baby. Right. And, of course, Elena opens the door to step out to school, and Stefan's standing right there. And she's like, see in history in a few? And he's like, Yeah. Okay, why is there anyone at school if they're supposed to be at school? I don't understand. I just thought it was so funny that either of them would assume that the other was going to be in history class today. (laughs) I always forget that Stefan goes to school also. I know. Maybe it's like an inside joke between them. Like, (laughs) history class? Like, okay, sure. (laughs) That's where they met, after all. Oh, that's true. I mean, they ran into each other in the men's room, but that was a different thing. Anyway, it's a little awkward, but 
Stefan has come over to share his new discovery with Damon. So after Elena leaves, he's like, hey, guess what? She's not your girlfriend. She sired to you. Damon says, that is the most pathetic nonsense I've ever heard. And I'm like, yeah, same, except like from the point of view of a viewer toward the writers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, seriously. And I know, I remember you were worried that Damon knew that she was sired and was, like, using it. So were you very relieved in this episode? I was very relieved. Although, I don't, this isn't a spoiler. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. We find out that this has happened before. So I feel like Damon should be a little on edge. But I'll give the writers and the acting the benefit of the doubt that he didn't know. And he's surprised. Because he's like, no, this isn't real. Um, you can't stand that she's happy because of me. And this is a you problem, Stefan, not Elena being sired to me. Mm-hmm. But Stefan has devised the perfect test. He tells Damon, <laughs> all right, you don't have to believe me. Just give her a blood bag and tell her it would make you so happy to drink if she were to drink from it. And if she can drink it, that means she's sired because their whole like crux of their theory is that she can't drink anything but human blood straight from the vein because Damon kept saying so. Right. And he's like, fine, but when you find out that you're wrong, your apology better be epic. (laughs) And Stefan's like, yeah, for sure. Just (laughs) go out and try it. So then we visit school and Bonnie, Caroline, and Elena are all there. And we haven't seen Bonnie in a while, I feel like. Or maybe it's just because we skipped a few weeks of the of recording, but I was happy to see her. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if she was in the last episode or not, because it seems like so long ago. Right. But anyway, um, Elena is like, hey, friends, any plans tonight? Like, I need a girl's night. We got to hang. Um, and I guess they make <laughs> make plans to, to get together. Yeah, and my favorite part of this scene is that when she comes up, Caroline and Bonnie are like, are you okay, Elena? Oh my god. And she's like, why wouldn't I be okay? And she, like us, I guess, had forgotten what happened in the last episode where Jeremy was trying to murder her and she had to move out of her Uh, own house. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, I knew something else happened here. I was like, okay. (laughs) And she's like, oh, well, it's fine. He and Matt are living it up together at the house and... And I get to raid the Salvatore wine cellar whenever I want now. They said, mi casa, su casa. And that was literally true that one time when they signed the deed over to her name. (laughs) So. Uh. But they're very confused as to why she's not more upset about Jeremy, which is actually fair because usually she's very worried about Jeremy at all times, but she just got laid. So she's a bit dickmatized this episode. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit about Jeremy. It's great. I love that for her. Me too. And I loved that Jeremy and Matt are not in this episode because I feel like the past few have been very Jeremy and Matt heavy. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to get a little break from them. I theorized that during this episode, they were just hanging out at the Gilbert house, smoking weed and seeing how many heavy things Jeremy could lift at once. Yeah, I could totally see that. And, like, and I feel like it would be taking videos in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Very exciting videos like we see later in the episode. <laughs> I was going to say spoiler. <laughs> so yeah, they have a plan for girls night, but Elena has to run away really quick cuz she sees Damon randomly there summoning her into an empty classroom. 
Yes, and he's like, hey, I'm here. I brought your lunch. It's so creepy every time Damon goes to the school, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, so he hands her this blood, blood bag from Mystic Falls Hospital, and he's like, and Elena's all like, you know that I can't drink this. Like, it made me so sick last time, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it would really mean a lot to me if you would just try it. Maybe, like, last time there was a batch or something like that. And she's like, all right. So she, like, tentatively busts this blood bag open and takes a small sip and she's like she's able to drink it and it doesn't taste bad to her yes she says that last time it tasted like hot garbage but now it tastes fine and she's so excited because she never has to hurt anybody ever again and that is you know elena is so empathetic and kind and she hates hurting people so this is a good day for her for about 20 seconds right and she gives like damon this giant ass hug and she's like thank you so 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 much i'm like all right calm down (laughs) Uh, one other thing to note about this scene is that it seems to take place in a science classroom i assume it was filmed in alaric's classroom but there's a giant chalk drawing of like a diagram of a frog dissection on the board (laughs) so unless they're learning about the history of frog dissection this is a science room. Wow. I missed the frog picture. Womp womp. <laughs> so yes. Lena's very happy. Damon's very sad because he's like, oh, I thought I had a girlfriend for a second, but now everything's fucked. Yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Speaking of classrooms or schools, I guess. <laughs> we bop over to uh, Professor Attic's uh, office where Haley is there snooping around rustling through some papers and he comes in and is like hey what up girl right and his office is like so run down and weird like we watched this episode together when you were visiting mm-hmm. um and i was like why are these walls so like scraggly and dirty and like this all disheveled in here i guess because he's evil and probably shouldn't <laughs> have a nice office but i don't know but it's wasn't just that like Grams's so- office before oh was it i assume so because I- he took over her job <laughs> Right, that would make sense. So I don't know, but Grams would not put up with that. Maybe Grams loved Cujo so much that she wanted to reenact it in her office and let a rabid dog run around in there for a while. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Haley's in there and she's like, I guess giving him an update on whatever shenanigans they're planning. Um, So she's basically like, listen, I've got 11 unsired hybrids right now. And Professor Shane's all like, well, you know, I need 12 and you have Tyler Lockwood. So that'll do. And she's like, I told you, you can't have Tyler. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Like, I need 12 unsired hybrids. So figure out how to like turn Adrian yeah, and she's like, well, guess what? I haven't seen any evidence that you're going to hold up your end of the bargain. And we finally find out what's in it for Haley. It's a flash drive. Wow. <laughs> Modern technology at its finest. I wonder what brand it was. Was this product placement? Because Attic says that it's encrypted, so she better not try to smash and grab, whatever that means. <laughs> right. And it has all the information that she wants to know about her birth parents. Wow. I'm like, isn't the idea that, like, her birth parents probably abandoned her? But she is acting like she's finding her long-lost parents who, like, really wanted her all this time or something. 
Right. I mean, I get that she would want to know who they are, but also, like, why is this guy her only option? She couldn't, like, do some investigative work? Like, hire Matt Donovan. He's free. Have him look into it. And it just seems like a a stretch that this is, like, a motivation to do all this fucked up shit. I know. I was going to say, this is what people had to do before, like, 23andMe and stuff. They had to, like, (laughs) go find an evil, like a cult professor to uh, put together a flash drive of information. (laughs) But he's evil. He certainly is. But she is very intrigued by this teeny tiny little piece of plastic. So she's going to keep on trying to figure out how to free Adrian. Watching this scene gave me a flashback to my old life of when my pr- we had a printer at home, but it broke or something, and I had to get to school early, and I had mm-hmm. my paper on a flash drive, and I had to stick it into the computer and open it and print it out that way. I was like, did I not have email? Like, that's what I was thinking during this flashback. I don't think I did have email. I think that this was before email i don't know it's just so funny to me that that's how i did it i had to do the same thing though because i feel like i told the story to somebody recently so hopefully it wasn't on the podcast but i was in college when the email was definitely a thing and Uh i was up all night writing my final paper for for english class and it was due at like 9 a.m and it was like 8 45 uh-huh. And the fire alarm went off in my dorm. <laughs> and so oh no. I was like, oh my God. So I quickly put it on a flash drive and ran to the library to print it out. And then brought it to my teacher. <laughs> wow. What a world. I don't know why it had to be a flash drive, though. That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely before, like, Google Drive. but yeah. Maybe it was too big of a file for email to support back then. That's definitely possible. It was a 16-page term paper about whether or not the narrator of the Canterbury Tales was a eunuch. Wow, I like that. <laughs> Mine, I don't remember what it's about, but I was in high school, so it was probably some, like, two-page bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. Good times. But flash yes. drives, wow, we have so many memories about those things. <laughs> right, this isn't the flash drives diary. It was a flashback episode and a flash drive episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But anyway. We just keep getting funnier and funnier, Claire. I just keep on drinking more and more wine, so I feel like I'm getting funnier. (laughs) Listeners, I've had a rough day at work. It was very stressful. And then I came home to find that I have a leak in my basement that I don't know the origin of. And it's too late to get a plumber today. And then a spider almost crawled on me earlier. So I'm I'm drinking. I apologize in advance if I start slurring my words later, more so than usual. (laughs) I'm still sober and pregnant, but only for a couple more weeks. Yeah. So we dissed Professor. Why do I keep saying Professor? Because Haley was in this scene and she probably said it that way. (laughs) We dissed (laughs) Professor Shane Mm -hmm. and talked about flash drives. So now Stefan and Caroline are talking to each other on the phone, I think. Because Caroline got the details uh, from Tyler sometime about how the fire bond works and basically she tells us nothing that we don't already know right so she's like you become sired to like 
the person who sires you and the only way for werewolves to break it is by turning a million times until they feel no more pain. We're like, we knew this for like two and a half seasons now. And we figured out the conclusion that she's also come to here, which is that there's no equivalent for a human who just becomes a vampire because there's no like, you took away the pain of turning gratitude situation. Yes. And it's like, you really had to like, Talk to Tyler about this. You couldn't have just figured that out yourself. I know. Like, I need a lot of, like, explanations in the show, but this is one that I was like, ooh, I didn't need, I didn't need this. We already knew. <laughs> yeah, they explained a lot of times in this episode what siring means for hybrids and why they think Elena is sired to Damon. And it's like, both of those things have been explained many times before, and every time I was like, I should be doing a shot right now. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> We right. get it. We get it. It's stupid. It becomes more stupid every time you explain it. Indeed. But the point is, they are very sad because they have no ideas on how to fix the situation. Yes. And Stefan hangs up with Caroline and he's back at the house and Damon's like, all right, Stefan, you were right. Elena Sired, are you happy? And he's like shuffling through a bunch of like papers and shit. And Stefan's like, no, Damon, I'm not happy. Like, what are you looking at? And Damon pulls out like a piece of paper with an address on it, a bar name on it. I forget exactly what it was. He transitions us into our first flashback somehow with a piece of paper. He's like, ah, New Orleans, 1942. Remember that? And he's like, oh, right. We were there. What was the name of that chick you used to hang out with? And he's like, oh, her name was Charlotte. Yeah, that wasn't just any girl. That was Charlotte. She was obsessed with me. <laughs> and Charlotte is played by Madeline Zima, who you might know, Beth, because she was in the episode of Gilmore Girls, where Rory joins the Puffs. She's one of the other girls who's trying to become a Puff, who gets oh. caught ringing the bell in the headmaster's, headmaster's office. I thought she looked familiar, but I... I would have never known that that was where I might have known her from. Well, did you watch Heroes? I didn't. Okay. Because I knew her from the last season of Heroes where she's Hayden Panettiere's college roommate. And, like, right at the end of the show, they start dating because I guess they were trying to get ratings by uh, making some young lesbians. Like, uh, Uh that was was a big uh, gambit they liked to do on teen shows back then. Like, lesbians for for sweeps. Like Marissa Cooper <laughs> and Olivia Wilde. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, oh my God, it's Gretchen from Heroes. <laughs> yes. So she's at the flashback in this bar in New Orleans in 1942. And Damon is like doing a voiceover or something. And, she, and he's like, yeah, she was obsessed with me. And she asked me to turn her. So I did. And... Um, so they're sitting at the bar and, and what's his name? Damon is all like, who would you like to eat for dinner tonight? And there's this gentleman like playing guitar, guitar and like singing Duke Ellington. And she's like, him, he looks tasty. And Damon's like, okay, BRB. And he like goes and like interrupts the song or something to like go like entrance him. And he <laughs> leaves Charlotte and he's like, don't let anyone touch my drink. So then they do show them no mercy. Oh, yeah. Show them no mercy. So some 
I don't know, military guy like bumps Damon's drink and Charlotte just goes off and snaps his neck and just kills him like right at the bar. R.I.P. to this lonely seaman. Yep. (laughs) And Damon like swoops in immediately and like catches him before he falls to the ground and weaken it burnies him for a minute. (laughs) He's like, why did you just murder this guy? What's the deal? Right. And Charlotte's all, you said show no mercy. So this scene is here to show us that she was sired and that it's kind of like similar to some of the behaviors that we've seen with Elena. Yeah. And we cut back to present day and Seven's like, oh my God, she was sired to you. And you probably took advantage of that as much as possible, didn't you? Ugh. And this is where I'm confused because I felt like they didn't know about vampires being sired to other vampires as a thing before or like. They had thought it was super rare. So when they found out that Tyler was sired to Klaus, like, wouldn't Damon have wanted to share his personal experience with being sired? So it seemed like he didn't know that she was sired to him specifically. He just thought she was crazy. But then he goes to this witch and is like, break this sire bond. So I'm like, who knows what about (laughs) sires? What did they know and when did they know it? And how does any of it make sense? It doesn't. That is the answer. Yeah, it really doesn't. I'm really distracted by the cat sitting behind you. <laughs> I know, he just he just jumped right up there. Right Do you now? miss me, Sotirius? <laughs> he looks it's not that dark in here, but all you can see is his shadow of his of his ear. I can see like a little bit of his face. <laughs> I do remember he liked to sit up there when I was visiting. Yeah, that's his spot. <laughs> so yeah. This this whole flashback pisses me off because it's like a retcon that, oh, of course I had this relevant experience that I never mentioned until now. Let's, let's uh, pretend it's chill. Right. And it's like so weird how Dame, uh, how Stefan's like, what was that girl's name again? Because they remember every other detail from like many more hundreds of years ago. And like, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a little it's just the setup is weird here, too. But it is whatever. It's also so weird. To, sorry, I have to rant about this a lot. <laughs> no, please like, do. Go off. Literally earlier in this episode, Stefan was like a vampire sire to another vampire is one in a million. And it's like this has happened to Damon twice now. <laughs> he like, does say that. Does he have yeah. a magic dick? Like, what is the deal? I don't know. I don't know. Like, he's a good-looking guy. He's charming. But he's not, like, the most attractive and lovable man of all time that everybody would be sired to him. Like, give me a break. He's yeah, not Elijah. That's, that's the damn truth. I know. Yeah, it really does not, like, hold up well in the in grand scheme of this story. Now that I'm thinking about it, actually, I'm wondering, was Sage sired to Phil? Because that's the only explanation for why she would be into him. 100% yes. <laughs> it, okay. it is not even a question. So maybe it's more common than we think and people just like don't know. Yikes. I don't like that. But it does explain at least one thing. <laughs> I feel better about the whole Sage uh, Phil situation now that you said <laughs> that actually. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. So anyway, we learn about this stupid detail and then so go- anyway we learn about this <laughs> and then we go to girls night where oh. elena is passing out a bottle of champagne to each of her friends they all get their own bottle i want to be at this party right now i, I would be having the greatest time we would be at the party having a great time it actually reminded me of when we used to drink cheap champagne a lot back in the 
back in the Chicago Gypsy Hut days. Andre Cold Duck? Yes. I mean, they're drinking Don Perignon or however you say it. But Whatever. It probably we tastes drinking, the same. Yeah, we were drinking Andre. But yeah, Lena is like drinking blood. So she's drinking a blood bag, like intermixed with her champagne. But she's mm. drinking it out of like a weird like needle thing. I don't know what like this device is. It's like the little tube that attaches on the IV that goes into your arm. Yeah. So she's using like a straw. Usually they just drink right out of the rip at the top of the blood bag. <laughs> they do. It just looked so funny. And she's like, yeah, thanks to Damon. I'm a functional vampire now. He said that I should try the blood bag again and it worked. Can you believe it, guys? And Caroline's like, yes, actually, as a matter of fact, I can. But <laughs> yeah, she has promised not to tell Elena about the sire thing until they know more. I love Caroline in these in these scenes. I have feelings about Caroline in this episode, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Yes. Uh, yes. So... Caroline is like, oh, well, speaking of Damon, like, what's that asshole up to tonight? And Elena's like, oh, I just got this text. Like, he and Stefan are a brother bonding tonight. Like, are they making whiskey? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but we have the house to ourselves. Yay. Isn't this great? And then Caroline's like, oh, you're on check-in text level with Damon now? Which is not, like, her best burn. No, it was a little, it was a little weak. And she's like, yeah, like, listen, guys, he changed my life. Do you mind laying off the hate? And Caroline is like, ugh, I don't want to lay off the hate. I know. And Bonnie, like, jumps in here and I guess she's, like, trying to defuse the situation. And she's like, all right, well, I brought this and, like, shakes this little baggie. And everyone's like, what the hell is this, Bonnie? And she's like, it's spirit tea. That creepy Professor Shane gave me. It helps open up your chi or whatever. And so I'm. Is it mushroom tea? I don't know. Is it the same tea that he made her drink that put her into a hypnotic trance for seven hours? Oh my god, probably. Because that's not what I would want at a party. No. I, I, I unless mean, maybe I didn't depend- want to remember the party. Yeah, depending on the party, but not for like a champagne girls' night. Like the spirit tea and champagne girls' night are not like the same party. Maybe they're microdosing. Yeah. Who knows? But Caroline is also very judgmental about that. She's like, oh, creepy professor guy gave you stoner tea. <laughs> Bonnie's like, he's not creepy. He's tre- tre- uh, teaching me natural magic where I don't have the- to use the spirits. I'm like, well, then why is he giving you spirit tea? Get your story straight, attic. Yep. <sighs> and Caroline's like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I keep losing my train of thought. Well, she promises she's not going to judge anymore for tonight. But then gets in one more more dig and says, even if you two are potentially ruining your lives while I stand idly by, it's your choice. (laughs) I liked that part. And Elena's like, oh, yeah, sweet. I'm into it. (laughs) So then we go back to New Orleans in the present day. Mm-hmm. where Stefan and Damon are having a nice stroll down Bourbon Street, I guess. Have you ever been? I have. Uh, Mike and I went, I don't know, a long time ago for like a long weekend. and We had a lot of fun. Nice. Have you been? Yes. I walked down Bourbon Street while I was in New Orleans just to say I was there, but I didn't like go uh-huh. into any establishments. <laughs> I was there by myself, so it would have been weird. But New Orleans on that trip was where I got my tattoo. 
Oh, cool. Not on Bourbon Street, but <laughs> that was the most uh, memorable part of that trip to me. Was I was like, that t- tattoo place looks cool. I'm just going to do it. And then That's I went awesome. to the zoo. That's way cooler than mine and Mike's trip. We were drinking these things called hand grenades on Ooh. Bourbon Street, and they were disgusting but also like must have been full of grain alcohol because we got really fucked up yeah but all of the bars there are so wild because you go in and you buy like one beer for like four dollars and everything is like buy one get one free so you just get (laughs) you you just get so trashed it's it's very wild i guess that's kind of the point of bourbon street yeah yeah i mean at the time i think it was fun but looking back i'm just like how did i not like pass out in some gutter there Mm -hmm. but I also went on a ghost tour when I was there that was advertised as a skeptic's ghost tour. So it was going to be like, oh, well, like this, they say this. But then it turned out they were just like, well, you know, we actually just like to tell the ghost story. So it was just a normal ghost tour. And there were only two other people. And they told this story about like this woman who got chopped into pieces like after Hurricane Katrina so fairly recently. And I was just like, I don't feel good about like paying for this as entertainment. No. Yeah. Also, you can't just say that you're a skeptic's tour and not be one. Yeah. That's false advertisement. I thought so, but it was not expensive, so. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to drink on the street while we we were touring, so. That is a nice thing. Anyway, I am going on way too many tangents in this episode. I apologize. Apparently, I just have a lot to get off my chest. Hey, I feel like I brought us there with my riveting story of the time I had to use a flash drive to print out a paper at the library. Well, I also had a riveting story on the same (laughs) subject, so we're a match made in heaven. (laughs) Okay, so so we're on Bourbon Street. Yes, they're they're on Bourbon Street. And they're, like, digging at each other. So, like, Damon's like, oh, Elena's having girls night at the house i told her to make herself at home but i think they're getting into the dom and stefan's like oh okay well yeah i guess you told her to make herself at home so she does right you say it and she does it and like damon kind of gives them a look yeah he said the sire bond's not that literal again everybody's an expert on the sire bond all of a sudden (laughs) right but it comes out that Stefan straight up thinks that Elena's feelings are fake, that she doesn't actually like Damon. And I'm like, girl, there was a whole thing last season where she was trying to choose between the two of you because she liked both of you. Right. Like, shut the fuck up, Stefan. Before she even turned, yeah. Way before she turned, like two whole weeks. <laughs> Which in, in Vampire Diaries years is like 20 years. I know. But Damon's very annoyed and hurt by this accusation because Stefan says that he thinks it's impossible for Elena to be so blind that she doesn't see how wrong you are for her. Wow. But Stefan quickly realizes that he has crossed a line here and he apologizes to Damon. He's like, sorry, bro. And that apology brings us into our next flashback where Damon is back at that bar practicing apologizing to Damon, but he's practicing to Lexi. So we haven't seen Lexi in a while. So that was a that was a nice perk of this episode. Yes. And she's looking very Peggy Carter in like a red dress and she has like a nice hat on and very 40s makeup. 
Yes. The red lip. Mm-hmm. And she has decided that Stefan needs to make up with his brother as part of his, like, rehabilitation, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Lexi, I also have feelings about this episode that I'm going to talk about later. I was just confused by most things that she said. Yeah. Nothing she says or does makes any sense in general or for her as a character. Yeah. So it's fun. But Stefan goes up to the bar where Damon is and he's like, hey, what's up, brother? And you think it's going to be really tense, but he's just like, I want to be friends again. Cool. Let's bury the hatchet. And they just shake hands and they're BFFs again. Question yeah. mark. I guess. And we we established that the last time they saw each other was in the Sage flashback in 1912. Mm-hmm. So it's been, what, like... 30 years. 30 years. Wow. And then Stefan spills the beans that he's going to join the war effort and go to Egypt to drive an ambulance in the war. Sure. Um, and... David's like, oh, that sounds like a good time. I'll come with you. And Stefan's like, great, I'll talk to my CO. And I didn't think that's how enlisting worked, but I'll take it. I guess it is when you can compel people. Uh, good point. But he goes to make a call, I guess. Did they have telephones in 1942? <laughs> yes, they had telephones in 1942. What are you talking about? I honestly don't know. I feel like they probably did. Oh my god, Bing, where are you when I need you? <laughs> but as soon as he walks away, Lexi's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I know it was my idea for Stefan to come here and become friends with you again, but I don't actually want you to be friends because you're a bad influence, and if you go to war with him, you're going to ruin his life. So fuck off, Damon. <laughs> like, <it's>, right. what? <laughs> I, it was very weird. Like, and it was very weird. Yeah, she also tells him that He's going to war so that he can see blood and violence as a normal part of life and learn to have balance and restraint. I'm like, she's way too involved in his life. Also, I'm pretty sure that, like, that's not what war does for people. Like, that's not what to, it's like, for. Yeah, it's, it doesn't show you, like, a normal, like, circle of life. Uh, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, I don't get it, but... Stefan comes back and he's like, sweet, we're going to go to war together. It's going to be really fun. But then Charlotte comes up and she's got this like bloody half dead lady hanging off her and is like, you were supposed to have dinner with me, darling. Yeah, he's she's like flopping her neck and like her giant gaping neck wound like falls open and gets on Stefan's hand somehow. And Stefan's like, oh, shit, like Lexi. Like, I'm trying not to turn back into a ripper here. So, like, Lexi quickly escorts him away because he, like, can't handle the blood. Yeah, he gets a face boner. It's very awkward in public. Mm -hmm. And as they're leaving, Lexi turns to Damon and is like, she's better off without you, too. Damn, I'm like, you don't know this woman. She just, like, came up with a bloody lady and you assume it's Damon's fault? (laughs) Like, get it together. Right, yeah, that's a good point. She has, like, no context for the situation. What's, yeah. <sighs> Damon was just sitting there, like, having a drink. If anybody yeah. is bad for anybody, it's Charlotte. <laughs> good point. But anyway, I think that's all we see for this flashback. Yeah, so then we flash back to present-day New Orleans, and 
Stefan's all like, you know, as much as this bothers me, like, I shouldn't really be taking it out on you because you can't help the fact that the sire bond happened. Yeah. And Damon, I guess, says something here about how he wants to find the witch that he originally talked to back in the 40s. And obviously she wouldn't be alive or there anymore, but he wants to go to the address of her old store as a starting point. But Stefan's like, well... I bet Charlotte's still still here, do you think? And uh, I remember when we were watching this together, <laughs> you got very annoyed at this part because he's like, oh, yeah, um, I told her to count every brick in every building in New Orleans and then meet me on this corner. And you were like, please tell me this woman did not count every brick on every building. I was like, I'm so sorry, Beth. Oh, I know. I was hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Sometimes you got to do that with this show. Yes. And he left town after uh, telling her that. Yeah. Yikes. And Stefan's like, well, let's uh, see how literal the sire bond is. Let's go to that corner. Yeah, let's go to Bourbon and Demond. Yay. But before we could go there, we have to have a check-in at our favorite restaurant, the Mystic Grill, which when you were visiting, we looked up on Google on google maps and it has good ratings that we have to go there on a vacation sometime yes one of our listeners sent us a message about how like mystic the mystic girl is real in uh i forget the name of the town in georgia and that sent us on a little google adventure and we were very excited so thank you for sending that i should have written down your name but i'm dumb but we want to go on a pilgrimage there someday we do so yeah tyler and Haley are I don't know, eating or doing something at the grill. Um, And Haley's all like, listen, we have a situation here because Kim is actually challenging your position as the alpha within this new pack of unsired wolves that we have. And you need to put her in her damn place. And Tyler's like, uh, all right, whatever. But luckily, Kim and Adrian are playing pool right behind where they're sitting and he goes up to Kim and is like all right finish your drink like get Adrian back to the barn we got work to do and Kim like tries to what like stab him with a pool stick or just like throw it at him or something she makes some sort of aggressive move yeah and he's like no stand down yeah you gotta do what I say meet me in the stables yeah the stables that's right and he and Haley leave because Kim's like, okay, fine. But mm-hmm. then she tells Adrian that they're going to go pick a fight. Uh-oh. And people say pick a fight a bunch of times in this episode in a way that makes it seem like it's a kind of theme, but it's not. It's just like they thought it would be cute to say the same thing in a bunch of unrelated situations. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Because <laughs> I think, yeah, when Lexi was telling Stefan, like, oh, hey, we got to go and make nice with with Damon... She says something like, you're going to have a conversation with him, not pick a fight. Oh, and then Haley okay. says something about picking a fight at, toward the end of the episode. And I'm like, this is meaningless. <laughs> but obviously like intentional. <laughs> right. Anyway, back to New Orleans. Damon's like, so listen, I don't think we need to tell Elena anything about this Cyberbond situation, right? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Stefan's like... Oh, well, I guess that would be good for you. You want to do what's right for you and not uh, 
what's right for Elena. And, like, everything he's saying is, like, the stuff that he pulls with Elena all the damn time of, like, not telling mm-hmm. her things if it doesn't suit his needs. I'm like, oh, my God, you are a pot. Yeah. Stop talking shit on the kettle. Such a hypocrite. And I liked uh, Damon's little quip that he had here about uh, how Stefan's just mad and wants to break the sire bond so he can get Elena back to her original factory team, Stefan Settings. (laughs) Yes, I wrote that one down word for word. I loved that line as well. (laughs) It was good. But yeah, so they're on this walk because they're going back to that corner, as we had mentioned, and Damon's like, all right, well, I'm going to like, I don't see her here, so I'm going to go grab a drink. And then all of a sudden, we see like someone like Zoom attacks Damon and Stefan like goes over and throws her off. And he's like, what the hell is going on? And Damon's like, she kissed me and it's Charlotte. She's like, Damon, I always knew you would come back for me. I must have counted every brick in this damn city like a million times or whatever the hell and Damon looks so concerned and he's like please tell me you've had a full life and you've done something aside from counting bricks for the last 70 years and I was like please tell me that (laughs) like I am more concerned and I'm really confused like about Charlotte because she says no I'm not crazy like I haven't just been doing that but then you get the impression that like she kind of was yeah. The next thing she says is like, well, when somebody breaks up with you and you want to listen to your song over and over and you hate it and then you love it, well, that's what counting bricks is for me. So I like to do it a lot. Yeah, that to does not good sound times. good. That does not sound good. And I've also like never had fond memories after breaking up with anyone. So I don't know. Charlotte is an enigma. She's she's sired. She's sired. But Stefan is very horny for this turn of events. He's like, oh, you literally counted every brick on literally every building. Literal, literal, literally. I'm Chris Traeger. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and I think we leave them. Oh, yeah. uh, Damon's like, oh, well, you must know the city really well then. You got to help me find this witch. Oh, right. Yep. And then we hop back over to Girls' Night where... The party is just popping off, so they're dancing on the couches. They're drinking champagne right out the bottle. Bonnie has her very, uh, I don't even know what to, how to describe it, her super technologically advanced cell phone out, and she's, like, taking pictures and videos of Elena, like, zooming back and forth to get, like, more champagne. It's a whole vibe in there. Yeah, and the camera is like going all crazy, like handheld tilting back and forth. So you know they're having a lot of fun. Yes. And we end up in the bathroom where Elena is drunk in the bathtub, and Bonnie's like, "Oh my god, check this out! A vampire something." And she like shows a video of Elena zooming, and Elena just like giggles and says, "I look like Superman." <laughs> and it was so stupid, but I found it very cute and charming. <laughs> it was like are you 12 right that's funny but then it has to be like super product placement because she's like here give me the phone and she like pauses the video and like saves a still of it i think and says and it's very blurry still and says this yeah. year's christmas card <laughs> i'm like wow. oh, i was so confused about like what what was even happening there i think that's what it was yeah i couldn't figure it out for sure either but it was like wow you can 
make a video and take a screenshot of a video. Wow. Who would have thought? It looked almost you- as good as that map of the tunnels under Mystic Falls. <laughs> I was going to say. air blooped. If you, if you print out that grainy ass picture of them, like, for your Christmas card, it's not going to be looking good. Also, this still frame of you zooming expresses so much. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, but Caroline is still uh, feeling a little bit shady because, she, like, Elena's like, oh, this bathtub is so nice. And Caroline's like, hold up, let's think of all the skanks David has probably lured into this den of iniquity. And everyone's like, damn. <laughs> okay, Caroline. My favorite part about this line is that I went on the Vampire Diaries fan wiki, which always has, like, explanations of references and phrases that everybody already knows. Uh-huh. But it's in, like, a cute way, like, oh, they're just over-explaining it. But they put <laughs> that Caroline calls something a den of inequity. And inequity means, like, injustice or inequality. <laughs> and, like, tried to explain why that would make sense in this line. I was like, oh, honey, no. It's iniquity. That's a totally different word. <laughs> but now I want to know what Damon's den of inequity would be like. <laughs> That's hilarious. I really oh, my gosh. That. <laughs> I need to read this. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't because th- that wiki is full of spoilers. Okay. I should not read it. I always tell you the funniest parts. Good. I'll take that. But yeah, Caroline's like really pushing hard on like slut shaminess because she talks about German and skanks and says like, oh, oh even yeah. when Stefan was a ripper, at least he wasn't a man slut. Oof. I'm like, yeah. you have legitimate beef with Damon and legitimate reasons to be really grossed out by Elena being in this relationship with him. But that is not the the way, Caroline. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like I'm just like so infatuated by her sassiness that I'm like willing to let like a lot of other shit slide. But now that you call it out, I could I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, then Elena just drops the beans. She's like, or spills the beans. She's like, well, I slept with him. And I know that you've had your issues with him, which, okay, Elena, like, I would not downplay it that much. But I'm happy. And I wanted this girl's night so that I could, like, tell you guys about it. But I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, as much as I'm annoyed with Caroline in this scene, I'm, like, super annoyed with Elena and very grossed out by everything that she says. Yeah. So girls' night has taken a turn. They're at the party not having a great time. (laughs) They're at the bathroom not having a great time. (laughs) They're in the bathroom having a shit time. Yes. But we leave them in their awkward situation and go to the witch store that Charlotte has found for them. Oh, that's right. And Damon walks in there with like a stick up his ass for some reason. And he's like, I'm looking for a witch. Don't have time to say hi or be nice about anything. And the woman who's working at the store is like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and Damon's all, we need a spell to break a sire bond. And then he explains that this woman's great grandmother had a grimoire with a spell in it that was able to break the sire bond last time. Right. Or he mentioned something like she flaked out on him in the end. And that's why Charlotte's still hanging around. Okay. But they need the spell. She's, he's like, where's your grandma's grimoire? She's like, oh, I, I don't practice. I just like sell herbs and spices like KFC. Um, <laughs> but I don't practice. Yeah. And he's like, bullshit. And she explains that even if there was such a spell or a grimoire, 
they lost all of her grandma's stuff in Katrina. And we were, we both were just like, ooh. Yeah. And she said that. I'm like, you should not be using that as a plot point on this show. Like, it, it was definitely too soon. I feel like it's still too soon now. I I know. I like, and it was like a year or two or something, like after Katrina at this point, wasn't it? Oh my I don't God. know, but it was like 10 years earlier than we are now. I'd right. Say. Yeah. So that was rough. Uh, it was, it was very rough. So uh, this actress who plays Nandi is named uh, Adina Porter, and she played a very prominent role on True Blood, actually. Oh. She played Tara's alcoholic, abusive mother, and most of her scenes were her just, like, being really drunk and awful in a way that I felt is probably, like, offensive in some way. But she really committed, I remember. And she gets an exorcism from a, a witch in the woods at some point. I was like, this is a better role for her where she gets to just like, act like a human being and not yeah. like, I'm a crazy alcoholic. I'm going to yell at my daughter, Tara. Yeah. But I was like, oh my god, I recognize her. <laughs> She's also been in a lot of other stuff, but that's the main thing that I know her from. Gotcha. So it was nice to see her even if they didn't give her much. Amidst all of this back and forth, uh, we learn that Nandi's great grandmother, Val, um, in order to cast a spell, anything like the one that Damon is describing, um, it would have required the sacrifice of 12 human souls in order to action. So that's kind of a, a big information drop that we weren't anticipating. Because it's not just, like, regular magic. Yeah, we got, like, a little mini flashback of Damon visiting Val, who explains this to him. Okay. Well, a little girl is just randomly in the background, probably won't come back later, like, <laughs> drawing or something. Yeah. But everybody's like, hold up now, 12 people, human sacrifice? Uh, We'll get back, we'll circle back to that later. Right. Because first, Elena has to kick everybody out of her sort of house. Ah, uh, yes. She, like, Caroline comes in and is like, I'm trying to help you or whatever, or I don't know. Elena says some shit about, like, I know his track record, track record is kind of spotty, but I think I'm falling in love with him. And that's the last straw for Caroline. She's mm-hmm. like, Elena, you're not in love with him. You're sired to him. And Elena's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Caroline has to be like, well, remember how you couldn't drink out of blood bags before? It was because Damon told you. And it's like, we had to go through this whole journey again. I'm like, it was not clever <laughs> yeah. the first time. Oh, my God. Right. And, she, and <laughs> like Caroline finishes her tirade and she's like, whatever. It, it could be confusing. Stefan can explain this better than I can. And then Caroline is like, or... Elena's like, what? You told Stefan you need to get the fuck out of my house right now. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Bonnie didn't know about the Sire thing until she's like, wait, what? Are you sure? And I was like, oh, oh right. Right. Because I kind of felt like she was acting like she knew earlier. But I don't know. Yeah. But she dramatically, Elena over, goes over to the front door and dramatically opens it and tells them to leave. But oops, surprise. How long have they been standing there probably trying to ring that doorbell and nobody could hear it? It's Kim and Adrian. 
Wow. I was not expecting them. And Kim is like, let's go, girls. (laughs) (sighs) So, yeah, like Kim and Adrian bust up in there. Uh, They grab Elena. They grab Caroline. And Bonnie, luckily, is able to pull some witch moves. So she, like, makes all the lights go off and, like, the house starts shaking a little bit. And Kim is all like, one bite from a hybrid is going to kill them. So back off. So Bonnie does. And they grab Caroline and run. Mm-hmm. And that's a cliffhanger for a second because mm-hmm. got to visit the bros once again walking down a New Orleans street. And Damon's like, Nandi is full of shit. She definitely is a practicing witch. And we're going to go and figure that out. And Stefan's like, oh, hey, um, before we do that, did you kill 12 people in 1942? <laughs> He's like, fuck, yes, I did. And I'd do it again. <laughs> oh, my God. If I got to have Elena be my girlfriend for real. It's too much. It's too many people. You know, like five, I feel like would be the cutoff. <laughs> I feel like there's some kind of trolley po- problem in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like 12 is a lot of people, Damon. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> So, yeah, do they, like, go to Nandi's house or something? Or are they back at the witch shop again here? I think before we even get there, we have to go to Tyler and Elena in the forest, actually. Oh, okay. That's, like, a very quick check-in with the Salvatores. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, for some reason, Elena has met up with Tyler, I guess because of the kidnapping. Um, yeah, she mentions, like, one of them says, oh, Bonnie's locator spell was a bust. Because I guess, like, her special spirit tea doesn't work for that spell or something. Gotcha. But Tyler thinks that they must be at the stables because they wouldn't risk pulling the shit in town where Klaus could see them. And I was like, where is Klaus this whole episode? Good question. Because it's like, they're threatening to bite Caroline and kill her. But, like, if Klaus is in town, just bring her over to his house and he'll give her some blood. He's obsessed with her. I know. It's not a problem. (laughs) Like, send him a paper airplane with a picture of a horse that looks really sad, and then a picture of, like, a drop of blood with a question mark next to it. He'll get the message. (laughs) But this whole scene is so funny to me. It's like, there's not really any reason why we would have to see this part of them, like, getting to where Caroline is at. It's just that it's an excuse for Tyler to say something about, like... You'd think that she wouldn't want to, like, incur Klaus's wrath or, like, they all hate Klaus, so why is she doing this? So Elena can be like, oh, wait, but Adrian doesn't hate Klaus because he's still sired to him. And then Tyler can spill some interesting beans. Yeah, so luckily Tyler's here to explain this to Elena. um, And he explains that being sired doesn't necessarily mean that you feel differently about someone it only affects like how you act but not how you feel mm-hmm. which he, says he sure. hated klaus but he still had to do everything that he said yeah and elena's like oh my god this is the key to everything and now elena's feeling not so bad about being sired yeah and i'm feeling like then what is the point of this entire plot line i know it's yeah it's makes no sense yeah. But then we go back to the Salvatores, who I think just went back to the store. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. They like left and then went back quickly. It's weird. But they're there now. And Damon's like, 
I have a very clear memory of this flashback where I was talking to Val and the little girl was writing her name, Nandi, on a piece of paper. And nobody ever passes on names throughout families. There could only be one Nandi. So I should accuse you of being 80 years old and just keeping yourself alive with the (laughs) herbs and spices like Gloria, R.I.P. Oh, wow. Yes. And Nandi's like, well, listen up, bitch. Like, I'm going to give you a migraine now for being a douchebag, first of all. (laughs) And I gave you a chance to leave with your life. And you just had to be stupid and come back. And then she gives Damon a horrible migraine, which is always my favorite part to watch on any episode. Yeah, we haven't gotten to see Bonnie do that to anybody in a while. (laughs) And then, like, Stefan waltzes in, and he's like, listen, listen, we don't want any trouble. We just want your help with, like, this magic spell. And Nadi's like, hold up, people. Like, this is not just magic. Like, not even witches call this magic. This is some dark, evil shit that is called expression. Yes. And she's like, my mom, Val, like, sold you a bill of goods, I think is the phrase she uses. <laughs> uh, there was no spell. She just wanted to harness the power of that human sacrifice for her expression. So oh, you got right. duped. And there is no spell to break the sire bond. Ha ha, in your face. Right. And she, like, goes on to explain. And how does she know so much about this? But How okay. does anybody know anything about this? <laughs> People Everybody has so much information shit this up. week. Yeah, and she's like, a vampire only bonds to her sire if she has human feelings before she turns. And vampirism only heightens these emotions that already existed when when they had feelings for each other before like, they became a vampire. Okay. Uh, I was curious about her use of pronouns here, that she says a vampire only bonds to her sire if she had feelings for him. I was like, is this was, only, like, a heterosexual thing that happens to ladies? I was gonna, like, say, it, like, sounded very weird to me when I was, like, just repeating it now, and I didn't, like, notice it the first time around, but it, do- it does make it seem like that, doesn't it? I'm just gonna hope that she's doing the thing where, instead of, like, using he as the default term, yeah. she's saying she instead, and that's, like, a witch thing. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Because otherwise, this is even more fucked up. I like that. Yes, I will go with that as well. But yeah, she shares that information and says that there's no way to break it with magic because it's based on human feelings. So basically, in order to fix the situation, he has to white fang her. (laughs) What does that mean? Is Uh, it an expression? Well, I've only heard it used as an expression like that on New Girl when oh. Schmidt says he's going to do it to Cece. Uh, you might also know it as Harry and the Henderson Zing. Okay. All right. like, I don't want uh-huh. you anymore. Go away. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Like, White Fang, like the book. Yes. Yeah. Like throwing rocks at the dog to make it leave yep. for its own good. Okay. It's my brain. It's it's making cells or doing whatever it needs to do to to have a complete thought i got you now just watch the season one finale of new girl tonight and you'll understand my reference (laughs) Uh, i get it now but yeah so val says you just gotta set her free bro Mm -hmm. and that's the only way around the sire bond yep and he's not really thrilled by this news no and I'm not really thrilled about going back to the woods, barn, farm, cattle ranch. 
Kim's at the party just torturing Caroline in front of everyone. Um, she has her like handcuffed to a wall and she's like twisting her hands and it's unpleasant. How many times does Caroline get tortured like per season of the Vampire Diaries? It is too many. It is. She's like, should honestly it's so much that she should be used to it by now it almost seems like it's how did she not have like crazy ptsd at this point i know but she's getting tortured tyler and elena pop in because it was very obvious where that where they would be Uh uh-huh and he's like you gotta stop this we're all on the same side like caroline wants to help us and Kim's like, no, I just uh, have a weird attitude for no reason this week, and I think we should probably fuck some shit up. And hey, guess what? All these other hybrids are here, and they agree with me for some reason. Right, and Kim's about to just straight up stake Caroline, but then Elena shouts out, like, hey, if you're like trying to get revenge on Klaus, which is not what she's trying to do here, but apparently it is, because then <laughs> Elena's like, like, if you want to get revenge on Klaus, you should torture me because he's, like, totally fixated with keeping me alive because my blood is the key to his, like, hybrid army and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she says, take me instead. Caroline looks like, oh, Elena, I'm trying to die again so soon. <laughs> but Kim <laughs> goes for, for <laughs> yes, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> uh, Kim starts to go for it, but Tyler takes the opportunity to just zoom over and thrust his hand into Kim's chest and grab her heart and be like, hey, listen, guys, I'm a reasonable person. I don't want to torture or kill my friends. I'm not going to kill Kim right now. I'm just hold, literally holding her heart in my hand right now while I'm talking to you. But we got to all be one team. Uh, clear eyes, hands full of hearts, can't lose. And... You all need to just get in line because we're not going to beat uh, Klaus if we don't work together. So you got to submit now or die. <laughs> right. He goes there. Vote me for Alpha 2012 or whatever. <laughs> but his speech works because Kim like chokes out like an apology. She's like, sorry. And she, like, kneels down, which I'm not sh- sure if it was, like, a obedience thing or whatever you would call that, or if she's literally, like, on the verge of death because her heart was, like, being held. But then all the other hybrids follow Sue, and they all, like, bow down to Tyler, even Adrian, who's yeah. supposedly still sired to Klaus. And there's this triumphant music playing in the background. It might be the same music they played when Esther was, like, making the super steak out of Alaric's ring. <laughs> And it's very, like, King in the North vibes, like, yeah. Tyler has just been crowned. And I feel like we're supposed to be, like, really into this and, like, yeah, Tyler, but I'm just like, oh my fucking god, I hate werewolves. Yeah, it it was, yeah, they were trying to make it, like, a super, like, triumphant moment where Tyler comes out as, like, the hero. I, I felt like that's what they wanted us to think, but I was just kind of like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, I feel like this is a common werewolf thing where, where it's, like somebody has to become the alpha of the pack. Like, they definitely had uh-huh. something, like, Joe Manganiello's character on True Blood had, like, a whole thing where he had to become the alpha of his werewolf pack. And Okay. It was just, like, it was equally stupid there. Like, I just don't vibe with werewolves, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 
it just seemed like weird to me that like it had to happen now but i guess there was no challenger before so maybe that's what like gets this all in yeah well they weren't really a pack it was just like all these random people who got like inspired by klaus so he's like establishing his own system of government or something yeah sure (laughs) anyway good congrats i guess tyler yeah great job (laughs) so back in new orleans Damon's having a difficult conversation with his first sired bay. Mm-hmm. So they're, I guess, at another bar or something, and Damon's like, listen, Charlotte, it's been real, but you really need to forget about me. You need to find someone new. You're going to be happier than ever without me. And she starts crying, and she's like, listen, I'm never going to like be able to forget you. And he's like, well, you're never going to have the life that you deserve if like, you're... like." sired to me and i'm in your life yeah and there's this whole thing where it's like the way that he can get his sired sirees whatever to do what he wants is to make them think it'll make him really happy oh right it would really make me happy if you would move on with your life and forget i was ever here (laughs) right i'm never going to be able to be happy if i know that you're not living your best life or some weird thing like that yeah. And then he leaves her sitting there crying. And I just like half expected, like in the background of this next scene, to see her like walk out into the sunlight and burn to death. I don't <laughs> yeah. know why I had that image in my head because it doesn't happen, but I really could have seen it going there. <laughs> and, and just like not noticing and never knowing. That would be a very dark turn for the episode. <laughs> yeah. So that was just my brain being dark and full of terrors. Apparently, I'm all Game of Thrones tonight for some reason. But uh, <laughs> Stefan and Damon have to have yet another conversation on the streets of New Orleans, which looked a little bit green screeny to me in this scene. I don't know. Did they film on location? Yeah. I was thinking that they might have until this scene. This, this scene in itself looked weird. It looked like they were like back at like Mystic Falls or whatever, mm. just like reusing some some other set. But I agree with you. And Stefan is just being such a dick to Damon this whole episode. He's like, oh, that must have been so hard to do something that you didn't want and to do something that wasn't selfish, something good for somebody. Are you going to be able to do it for Elena? Or are you too selfish, Mr. Selfish Face? I know. Ugh, so annoying. And Damon, like, has a good response back. And he's like, listen, one of these days you're going to realize that you don't know me as well as you think because I'm not just, like, that person. We have our final flashback, I think, here, which is so confusing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what was learned in this, but basically we have the train station in 1942. All the the men's are there to ship off to war. Stefan's there. Damon shows up in his uniform. He seems ready to go. And Lexi is just, like, standing in the corner of the train station, I guess just waiting for Damon to arrive so she could give him a stern talking to. Yeah. And she's like, once again, I say no to this plan. I know about those 12 human sacrifices you just did. Like, if Stefan finds out that you killed 12 innocent people and don't feel guilty, he's going to want to know why and ask for your advice. And that's going to lead to him turning off his humanity and becoming the Ripper of Monterey again. I'm like, Stefan is a grown man. Like, he can make his own decisions and, like, back the fuck off, Lexi. (laughs) What is your deal? 
like, was she saying that she was, like, going to blackmail Damon into, like, not being able to go or something? Like, I don't... No, she was just guilt-tripping him, like, saying, you will ruin Stefan's life if you go with him, because he has no control over his actions, apparently. But, like, how would just knowing that he killed 12 people make all of this happen? I I just don't understand it. She makes quite a logical leap there. Yeah. But she's like, you need to put somebody else first for once in your life, and... Abandon your brother, because if you go and be friends with him, like I suggested, apparently, in the first place, you're going to turn him into a ripper again, and it's going to be terrible, so fuck off. Yeah, and I, like, feel bad for Damon here, because he's like, listen, I've been on my own since 1912, like, I need my brother, too. And she's like, well, fuck you, because it'll destroy Stefan, so you're on your own, you asshole. And he's like, oh... Fine. And then he, like, looks off into the distance and says, good luck, brother. (laughs) Oh, so beautiful. And then we cut back to the present and Stefan just says, oh, I didn't know that that happened. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, we know you didn't know. That was the whole point. (laughs) Was that, like, his way of defending himself? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It was was so funny. It made me laugh. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that happened. (laughs) And finally, they sort of resolve their tension by Stefan saying, like, even if Elena and I are never together again, even if she still doesn't want me, I just want her to have the choice, (laughs) to which Damon says, the dreaded C word. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like, that's not a very nice thing to call your girlfriend. No, not at all. (laughs) But it it does kind of harken back to their little squabbles in the beginning of the se- the very beginning of the season about whether mm-hmm. they should have let Elena make her own choices. Yeah. So I guess to Damon that really is the worst c word possible. <laughs> <sighs> so yes, we leave the gentleman in New Orleans and we check back in over at the boarding house where Elena um is there and Caroline just like run up runs up and gives her like a giant hug and apologizes. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, thank you so much for saving my life at the stables. <laughs> um, and she calls herself a jerk and says she'll never judge again. And I'm like, just because Elena did a nice thing for you doesn't mean that, like, everything that you said and thought earlier was wrong. Right. Like, that's not, the math doesn't add up here. Yeah, that's a good point. But she's being very sweet and they hug and... There's, like, a cute moment where she's like, oh, Elena, why aren't you hugging me back? And she's like, my arms are pinned. (laughs) That was cute. And then there's another very awkward transition where she's like, you saved me even though I was a nasty bad witch. So that Elena can be like, good thing we had our good witch. I'm like, what good thing? Bonnie didn't do anything to help. She couldn't do a locator spell. But she says that hottie, creepy professor is doing a good job or something. Right. Because she was able to flicker the lights. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Great job. And then we get an unfortunate piece of news. Oh, right. Yeah. So Bonnie shares here that um, that Professor Shane has been helping her with this new kind of magic called (gasps) expression. (gasps) The same name that Nandi just warned Stefan and Damon about. And every time they talk about expression, I just think about my high school, which had 
multiple show choirs and it was like the cool kids did show choir at my high school and this was way before glee <laughs> wow. so when i watched glee eventually i was like why are they saying the show choir kids are dorks like that's what the cool kids do <laughs> so that's not the relevant part the relevant part is that the like advanced like fancy show choir was called the expressions oh and the girls got to wear these purple sequin dresses that were so cool and I tried out for the show choir, and I didn't make it into the expressions. I made it into the second string, uh, like, junior varsity version, the Sensations. Sensations. And our costumes were men's pants and suit shirts with colorful bow ties and cummerbunds, and I hated them. Oh. But anyway, whenever I they talk about doing expression, I'm like, are they going to sing and dance to do magic? Because <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> I would like to see that. Yeah. But yes, this is bad news. We knew that Shane was up to something. And apparently human sacrifice magic is what he's been teaching to Bonnie. While he drugs her with spirit tea. Nothing good happening over in Professor Shane's office. Speaking of which, we go there now. Where Haley is once again breaking and entering. So she's there to tell Professor Shane that he now has 12 unsired werewolves. Hybrids. uh, Oh, yeah. Hybrids. Um, Because they finally broke down Adrian, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then Professor Shane, like, wiggles around the jump drive again. And he's like, everything you've wanted to know is in here. Um, Your parents are dead. (laughs) This tells you where they're buried. Oh, good. So rude. Oh, my God. And Haley says, you know, you just picked a fight with a werewolf. Warwolf. Uh, I think I actually recorded this because it was so bad. Oh, good. You just picked up a fight with the werewolf. You know that, right? Easy. <laughs> like, what wow. the fuck is that? <laughs> Hearing it without seeing it makes it so much worse. I am shook to my core. She can't even speak. Whoa. I keep on thinking we must be like being too mean about her accent but then she says something I'm like oh my god no we're not mean enough can you play can you play it one more time <laughs> you just picked up the fight with the werewolf you know that right easy <laughs> werewolf you know that right <laughs> oh no I don't want to go to laugh prison again okay, okay. let's move on from that for now, then. <laughs> yes let's move on uh, so yes um Professor Shane says something so creepy here. He's like, listen, just because they're dead doesn't mean you can't see them again. Uh, are we sure? And then he says, we are the beginning. So I I don't like the sounds of what's going on over here. Yeah, he's sounding a lot like uh, Pastor Young back in the season premiere now. All of a sudden he became very culty. Yes. Yep. And he has this like very zealous gleam in his eyes and... We don't really get to see Haley's reaction to this very much, but in her shoes, I would be like, oh, okay, cool. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> and then leave town. Yes. So you would think that would be the end of the episode because it's a pretty big cliffhanger, I guess. Yeah. But we got to go to another Steph and Caroline scene. They've been hanging out a lot lately. Is it starting to feel less weird to you now? It is starting to feel less weird to me. I feel like they've had so many scenes together over the last few episodes that now I'm just used to it. Yeah. Because they got to have the hot gossip about what's going on with Elena and Damon. 
Yeah, Stefan is expressing that he feels sorry for Damon for having to dump Elena. And Caroline's like, what the fuck? He sucks. How can you trust him to do this? How can you, like, feel sorry for him? What the fuck? Yeah. And Seven's like, well, I really, like, shat all over him in New Orleans. I got it all out of my system, so now I have some, like, generous feelings toward my brother. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, basically, Stefan says that he tell he can tell that Damon loves Elena as much as he does and that he won't wouldn't be selfish with her. Okay, so now we're just singing a completely different tune by the end of the episode, but sure. Yeah, well, whatever you say, Stefan. Yep. Just as long as we don't have to have this conversation anymore. <laughs> and we have one final scene. So Elena's on party cleanup over at the boarding <laughs> house. She's got a box and she's collecting champagne bottles. And Damon waltzes in. He's like, listen, we we need to talk. And Elena kind of like preempts what he's going to say. And she's like, I know that I'm sired to you. Mm-hmm. And she explains like what she learned from Tyler that like her feelings have nothing to do with the sire bond. Like it's how she felt before and it only affects how she acts. And like he has also learned something similar from Nandi. But he is like, but it's still fucked up and I still can't do this. Right. And he has this like whole speech and rant and it's like if he was going to submit himself for the Emmys this would have been his clip. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's like I'm the bad guy. I fall in love with my brother's girl and I lie to people and blah 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 blah. but I can't be selfish with you. And he like has this look in his eyes like I'm just realizing now that I'm a better man. <laughs> Exactly. Such an impassioned speech. But then Elena's like, well, fuck that. No, Uh, don't do this to me. This is stupid. My feelings are real. You're being dramatic. Let me put your hand on my chest and my hand on your face. Does this feel wrong, babe? And he looks so torn. Yes. And I don't remember what happens next. So who knows? Because I think it just ends. Yeah. Well, I don't remember like in the next episode. Oh, okay. If he goes through with it or not. (laughs) Yeah. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yep. It's a cliffhanger. It is. Wow. Okay. What a journey. Indeed. So that was an episode. It was. It was. I did a lot of ranting already. Do you have any outstanding feelings? Um, I just want to know like what the fuck is going on with like Professor Shane and how they're going to be able to explain all of these like separate behaviors Um, because what Uh, so this was episode eight so we're like almost halfway through we're like a third of the way through the season oh really okay yeah so I don't know I'm curious to see like what where all of that is going to go yeah I have some recollections and none of them are good yeah so we'll see I can see that but yeah, the most annoying thing about this episode is just how like annoying Stefan was and having to deal with all of his rants in New Orleans, yeah. <laughs> all of their walks and talks in New Orleans. Um, but I did like the costumes in the flashback. I will give the episode yeah. that. <laughs> They're pretty good. So who you want to punch? Uh I'm going to go with Haley because of her horrible <laughs> accent in that clip. Also, I just, I'm, 
it's really upsetting me that she's like a double agent for like Tyler and for Professor Shane. And she is like a huge part of like whatever plan this is going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just really bothering me. But the accent, that video, (laughs) that that clip that you just played put me over the edge. (laughs) You know that, right? Alright, I can get behind that. Cool. Who you wanna punch, Claire? I wanna punch Elena. Oh, okay. I am really furious with her for like some specific things that she said in the argument with Caroline. Did mm-hmm. I write them down? Oh yeah, after Caroline calls Damon a manslet, Elena says, What was it about him that made you jump into bed with him as soon as you met him? And I'm like, um, it was compulsion oh, and yeah. sexual assault, Oh, first of all. And then at some point in this argument, like, oh, Caroline replies something like, oh, I didn't know what, like, a narcissistic asshole he was. And Elena literally says, well, he's always been nice to me. He's always been there for me oh, when I need right. it. And I'm like, that is exactly what, like, when somebody is an abuser... And, like, somebody else in their life is like, oh, well, he's always been great to me. Like, so he couldn't possibly have abused you. Or, like, it doesn't matter how he treated you because he's always been good to me. Yeah. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Elena. That has nothing to do with the sire bond. That's just, like, being a bad friend and a bad person. Like, put this out of the supernatural world and it's like, Caroline and Damon were in an abusive relationship where he repeatedly assaulted her, like, physically and sexually and emotionally. And then, like, he had some personal growth, and now one of her best friends is starting to date him and acting like it's no big deal. And, like, imagine your best friend is starting to date your abuser, and anytime you object to it, she's like, oh, well, whatever. He was n- never mean to me. Yeah, like, that's fuck brutal. off, Elena. Jesus Christ. That's a good choice. And, like, Caroline is being very annoying in this fight, too, but, like, she's coming from a place of, like... I was abused by this man. Yeah. And it's really gross that you're dating him now and acting like it's no big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, I have many bones to pick with Elena over that. That's a good choice for this week. But who you want to high five? Um, I want to high five. Here, how about you go first? I'm, I'm still thinking it over <laughs> in my mind. Um, oh. Gosh, is anybody high fiveable this week? I want to high five Bonnie just for the look that she has on her face when she pulls out the magic weed. <laughs> She's like, uh, no boy talk. By the way, I have this. And she like pulls out this baggie and has this look on her face like, hey, <laughs> I'll post a picture of it on our Instagram. It's really funny. I, I dig it. She That's just wanted one. everybody to be at the party having a great time. She's doing she her best. She's excited. She's got these new skills. She doesn't know that they're evil. Yeah. So I think that keeping with the witch theme, I'll go ahead and high five Nandi. Mm. She stood her ground. She was able to give Damon um, a million migraines, which we haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And she just had such a wealth of knowledge about how sire bonds worked within vampirism. So... Yeah, she's probably the hero of this episode in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and she's also like, fuck my mom, that bitch was evil. Yeah, she had no problem explaining that. <laughs> yes, I, al- I also always like when a witch reveals that she's really old and just has used magic to keep herself young. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> Get it, girl. 
I would do the same. <laughs> so as always, why are men is something that we've covered a bit throughout the episode, but I'm sure that there's more to say. So why are they? Uh, we'll never answer this question. Well, I hated like how casually Damon was saying that he didn't want to ever tell Elena about the sire thing. Like, I don't approve, but could like understand not telling her until after they found a solution. But he's just like, we'll find a solution, solve it, and then I'll just hope for the best. But no, like Elena needs to know that that was a thing, even if it gets fixed. Right. But right. that's just typical Sal- Salvatore bullshit. Mm-hmm. And like, even not telling her in this episode is bullshit. Because she needs to have the information for how she relates to Damon, even if, like, they're not hanging out right now. Like, she's actively boning the guy. Like, she should know that it's dubiously consensual. Yeah, she should know as soon as possible, for sure. And, like, it sucks for both of them. Damon didn't know, and it's, like, nobody's fault, but... Yeah. Everybody needs to have all the information right now. It's very important. Yeah. Because the situation is, like, so, like, fraught with, like, consent and, like, feelings and... She deserves to know ASAP. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like going along with that. Um, Another thing that really stood out to me this episode is how much we have male characters just being in leadership positions pretty much in every like scene and scenario. So we had like Tyler um, overtaking Kim as like, a potential alpha which I mean I don't was not like team Kim or rooting for Kim but you know it was like a very aggressive thing to do that he had to do I guess as part of like the whole werewolf trope but you also had Professor Shane uh with Haley doing like his bidding we also have Damon with what's her name, Charlotte and Elena sired to him. So it just felt very like male heavy and a lot of like female characters just going about like running around with their heads cut off to like try and like either fight against these guys or like do their work. It just, I don't know. It, it felt like a lot to me this episode. Yeah. And I think the whole thing with Caroline and Lexi in this episode just like rang super weird to me because those two characters are always kind of portrayed as being similar. Like they play a similar role in Stefan's life as like mm-hmm. this lady friend who he doesn't want to fuck basically. Right. Sure. Unless Bon Jovi's there, but <laughs> they both are acting so out of character in some ways in this episode. And it's been this way for Caroline for the whole season that they've kind of turned her into this like, nagging shrill killjoy who's just always lecturing people and i'm like that is not caroline like caroline has her like quips and her snips but they're just like dialing it up to 11 and then lexi out of nowhere is just like now stefan my child apparently you have to do this thing exactly as i tell you but i'm gonna also lecture this other guy about how he can't be your friend and like they both were just so like i don't know what the word i'm looking for is like school marmy. Yeah. In a way that just seems like from the point of view of people writing these characters is like this stereotype of a woman who's always nagging, like bringing people down and like serving as the moral authority and like calling people sluts and skanks and like telling other people they're a bad influence and 
Right. Like the arbiters of morality for their male charges who just can't control themselves. Yeah. It just really rubbed me the wrong way because I love both those characters, but they both kind of sucked this week. That's true. Lexi more so than Caroline, but. I never like realized how many parallels there were between Lexi and Caroline until you brought that up just now. Blonde lady vampires who hang out with Stefan. Yeah. And that Chip he in with Elena. <laughs> yes. Uh. And then, yeah, the entire concept of having to call Damon a man slut, I'm like, he could just be a slut. Yeah. Like, don't call people sluts, but slut doesn't have to be a gendered term either. Mm-hmm. It can be gender neutral. Anybody can be a slut. <laughs> yes. I can't really think of anything else that we haven't covered already. Yeah, me neither. Nothing else jumping out. Just, like, the grossness of watching Tyler, like, viciously attack a woman and order her to submit or die. Yeah. It was very on the nose, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, like, a big victory. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Do you want to talk about it anymore? No. Let's move on to our favorite segment. Who should have done it, Claire? I think that... Hmm, I have to think about this for a second because I have an idea, but I feel like I could do better. Okay. <laughs> do you have anybody? I do. I okay. I had this from the second that we met her. Well, not met her, but once we saw her on the streets of New Orleans after <laughs> counting bricks. Oh my god! And I think that Charlotte and anyone who's a decent person that she has encountered over the past seventy years should have done it because I'm pretty sure that she has not. Those are the vibes that I'm picking up because, like, she doesn't talk about, like, any people that she's in relationships with. She's wandering the city by herself. She said that she's counted the bricks so many times. And it makes me very, very sad to think that she was potentially just waiting on Damon as her sole romantic partner because she's tired to him for that long. So I'm hoping that she got hers somewhere with someone along along the way. I like it. And same. (laughs) i was trying to think of something that i could feel more enthusiastic about but i think the best that i can do is kim and adrian okay instead of like getting into a pissing contest with tyler and torturing caroline they could have just fucked yep and then maybe adrian would have felt more will to break his bond so that he could you know get more sexual relations with a hot lady i don't know I just wish they had been doing something else this week other than what they were actually doing. Yeah, no, I think that that's a good choice. I could see that for sure. Or I hope that uh, Jeremy and Matt are having hilariously bad sex at the Gilbert Gilbert house. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I could see that as well. (laughs) Not a very sexy episode overall, though. No, not, there's not a lot going on. I mean, despite the very hot fingernail scratch blood lines on wow, Damon's back at the beginning. And yeah. oh my god, I almost forgot about like the really awkward, like overly bright sex scene where it's just like Damon and Elena awkwardly kissing each other's stomachs and chests oh, for a really right. long time. Yeah. <laughs> so much stomach foreplay happening. Oh my god. <laughs> but anyway. Oh. Now for our final new fun segment. Did you have a favorite quote from this episode? Um, Yes. And I know that we potentially are not feeling great about Caroline, but there's a moment at girls night where 
I think it's Bonnie, but yeah, I think it's Bonnie says like, I'm not here to judge. And Caroline says, I am. And it just like, it just cracked me up. Um, I could feel a little judgy from time to time. So the fact that she was just coming out and saying it. Owning it. Owning it. It made me, it made me laugh out loud. (laughs) A short but sweet one. I like it. (laughs) How about you? So... I know I already played a clip of Haley in her out-of-control accent, but my favorite quote <laughs> is actually another moment just because her accent is so bad that I'm going to play for you now, and I hope you don't oh. get stuck in laugh jail. Oh my gosh, can I handle this? We'll find out. It's longer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so this is from the, uh, really early on in the episode where they're arguing with Kim and Adrian about how Adrian needs to keep going, but Kim wants him to take a break. Okay. Or this might be after they left and she's talking to Tyler. I don't know, but here it is. <laughs> Nate, Dean, and Chris are all dead, which makes Adrian Klaus's right hand. We can't let Adrian anywhere near Klaus until his sire bond is completely broken. Adrian. Adrian and Klaus. Oh my gosh. So good. I'm going to pee my pants. This is so funny. <laughs> I just can't uh. handle it. I feel so bad for this actress because she like... She is good for this role. Like, she has this kind of, like, charisma and presence that you can see, like, how Tyler would be into hanging out with her. And, like, she definitely has the, like, I have something up my sleeve vibe. But every time she opens her mouth, it's just like, please just let this woman be Australian. I know. Why not? Right? Not every Accents are hard. Listen, I could not do any better, as anybody who has listened to this podcast knows. Like... Your rose accent is on point every time. What are you talking about? If I tried to do an Australian accent, like, it would be way worse than what Haley is doing here. But. I just love Krauss. <laughs> Allison Krauss. <laughs> I just, like, every time she said, Adrian. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm very sorry, Phoebe Tonkin. I think that you're good at your job. It's just like they tried to make you be American and it wasn't working. Not everybody has that skill and that's fine. Not everyone is Nicole Kidman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I guess that takes us to the end of our segments. Yes. So if you have any thoughts or impressions of Haley or anything that you want to tell us, uh, you can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries or on Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. Yes, you could also find us on Instagram by searching the Vampire Diaries Diaries or our handle is the underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast. Um, and if you want to send us something longer form, you could also send us an email, um, the VD Diaries at gmail.com. Yes, and we've gotten some messages. Um, and emails recently that I personally have been very bad at keeping up with because I've been traveling. So I do apologize for late replies on that. But um, one or two people did ask us um, something about music on the show. Do you remember this? Oh, like, like if there was any music we liked on the show. Oh, I th- okay. Yeah, that was one of them. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you had an answer to that or if it's just no, it's all bad. <laughs> 
I feel like there was one episode where they played like group love or passion pit or something that I was like pretty proud of. Um, but mostly like it's not very good. Like every once in a while they'll splurge for like actual rights to a legitimate song. But the rest of it is very like, I don't know, like soft, like, like early 2000s rock that wasn't mm-hmm. famous i don't know it's weird vibes so the reason that i have been traveling lately other than to visit beth is to go to figure skating competitions because that's like my thing now is i like figure skating and i have noticed that especially the men but figure skaters in general really like to skate to these like sad boy ballads that are very much like fray cover band type shit and also sometimes <laughs> just the fray or like instrumental versions of Coldplay songs, for example. I'm like, wow, the Vampire Diaries soundtrack and figure skating programs that piss me off have a lot of overlap. Wow, that is an interesting Venn diagram. Two worlds colliding. <laughs> so I guess it is, uh, the music on the Vampire Diaries is good for something, I guess. Yeah, that just reminded me of one of your Instagram stories when you were at the ice skating competition made me laugh so hard when they were doing like a group skate to the Kate Bush song. (laughs) And your caption was like, I don't think this is what Kate Bush had in mind. I was cackling. I watched that story like four times. It was so funny. So this is amazing. Like, so at the end of the competition, they always do a gala where all of the skaters get to do like a fun program with fancy lighting. That's not for, like, points. And then at the end, they have them all do a group number. And, like, running up that hill by Kate Bush, which we've talked about on the show before because there was a really bad cover of it in the series premiere. Um, oh, right. It's really popular right now because of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to hop on that bandwagon at Skate Canada, and they had all these skaters do this, like, jovial routine to running up that hill. <laughs> And I was like, I love this song, and I love these skaters, but this is so stupid. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it was so funny. It looked like, honestly, something out of, like, I don't know, a comedy skit. Like, it just looked so funny. (laughs) And that was, like, the very end, the last thing we got to see of this, it was like, the current reigning men's world champion was skating to Kate Bush. Wow. <laughs> it was wild. So I'm glad that you enjoyed that. I, I truly did. I guess that is our answer, I guess. To, or I guess I did like a last week they had the cover of Falling Slowly of like a string quartet. And that's oh, yeah. Yeah. So. That was a decent one. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then, like sometimes at a party, they have... Was it like the Arctic Monkeys or something they had in one of the earlier episodes at like a kegger or something? Every once in a while, they'll, they'll have a legit song, but mostly it's boring. I usually don't recognize any of the songs unless they were from like the early 2000s when I paid attention to music. <laughs> yeah. And it's like now I mostly just listen to classical music, so I just don't know what's going on. I'm like, why is there a guitar? I just want to hear the piano. <laughs> and not the phrase style piano. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, if you have any questions like that that you'd like us to have unexpectedly long and winding answers to, feel free to hit us up in any of those ways we just discussed. Yeah, let us know. And in conclusion, if I only could make a deal with God and get him to swap our places, I would not go to New Orleans with the Salvatore brothers. He's a ripper! Mozzarella.